Online outages that affected a number of leading U.S. banks have been linked to denial-of-service attacks waged by still unconfirmed sources. But the attacks have garnered global attention, and despite the fact that the recent attacks that hit those banks are not believed to have compromised or exposed any sensitive data, the attacks have shown a spotlight on cyber threat vulnerabilities that every organization faces. And we're not just talking about the U.S. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm joined today by John Walker, a member of Anissa's listed security experts and chair of ISACA's security advisory group in London, who shares some international perspective about how cyber attacks the world over are becoming a top concern, and how some parts of the world are less prepared to stave off these attacks and subsequent exposure than others. John, the attacks that hit U.S. banking institutions in the last few weeks have been suspected of being backed by Iran. Do you believe that was, in fact, the case? I'd certainly say there's a high probability that this is where they're coming from, but there are other sort of volatile places in the world as well, like, you know, North Korea and, and China and so on. I think we live in that age now where we must realize that the computer is a form of, um, to, to inflict some kind of pain or cyber conflict. It's always difficult to actually produce evidence, but I'd say there is a lot of inference there to suggest this is the case. One of the things actually I would roll back on, Tracy, is that there's been a lot of talk about this threat that's coming and evolving. This threat has actually been there for some considerable time. I've been aware of cyber attacks going on for the last five years, maybe not at the level we're seeing today, but up to five years ago, I was seeing cyber attacks come in from hijacked Chinese newspapers, for instance, against UK financial institutions. And then how are organizations and institutions then, John, in other parts of the world, such as Europe, viewing these attacks that are hitting US banks? I think they're observing them. Uh, they're observing, and I also believe, I know in the number of cases, they're tasting them in the UK. There has been a rise in cyber extortion. I know of at least two organizations, one in a, a sort of type of banking environment with monetary interest, who have been suffering cyber extortion for some considerable time. Uh, in one case, followed by a, a reasonably successful DOS attack. And the, and the problem I've seen with cyber extortion is, A, nobody wants to talk about it in public, so it actually never happens at all because we never hear about it. And B, when these attacks do come in, in one example I've been aware of in the UK, it was treated absolutely appallingly with uh, a discussion with the attackers and uh, conversations about what they knew and exchanging details. And it was a real reflection on the immaturity in that particular case of the senior security personnel. One of the things that I wanted to ask about was how can we compare the different markets? Do you see activity in the U.S. being more advanced, I guess, when it comes to addressing some of these cyber threats, as well as notifying the public and collaborating, than you see taking place in places like Europe? I certainly do. Uh, I was going to say before that question came up, I've always regarded the U.S. as being a lot more advanced in the operational technical security than the U.K. That's my opinion. Maybe some will differ with me. But from the people I know in the U.S. and the operatives I've worked with, I've certainly seemed to be a little bit more switched on. The U.K. has become a little bit of a, a slave to the, the good old PCI DSS. And I believe this is another problem we've, we've encountered in some parts of the industry where PCI has been seen as security, when in actual fact it's not. And I believe the PCI effort that's gone in has certainly detracted from the, the investment in operational security to deliver true robust security. Now, you mentioned denial of service attacks and then, of course, talked about the fact that you've seen an incident that wasn't handled quite so well. What do you think is the greatest worry when it comes to some of the denial of service attacks that are being waged against institutions in Europe? Is it just they don't have the right controls in place or they don't have the right teams in place? 
I think actually it's a little bit of both. It's possibly there's been a bit of sitting, what we call in the UK, on the laurels, where we've not actually done anything about things. Again, we've been very happy with compliance and standards. And I've certainly seen some lacking in teams, for instance. I don't know of many organisations who have a, a complete, robust cert in place to deal with incidents as they come in. Everything seems to be dealt with, in my experience, on a piecemeal basis. So when the attack happens, people start to think about what they should be doing, when in actual fact what they really need at the time of that kind of condition is they need some kind of run book, some kind of process, they need to know how to deal with it at that time. But a number of occasions I've seen this happen, it's where the chicken and the headless running around session just take place. So you mentioned that institutions, especially in the UK, are closely watching what's taking place in the US. Are they worried that they might be the next targets? I believe not only they are worried, they may be. I believe actually they are, Tracy. Uh, And I think this is where we come down to this factor of a little bit more visibility. One of the factors in the UK we've had a lot of debate for a long, long time is actually who to report these events into. And what we need is a portal. We need more corroboration of that. We need more collaboration no matter what the the nation is across borders so we know what's going on we need more information sharing but above all we need somebody to go to a body to report these incidents in and there actually isn't today anything that's really formally robust enough to do that yes that's an interesting point because i think the perception at least from the u.s side is that we aren't doing enough when it comes to sharing information or notifying the industry as well as the public about breaches when they occur. But it seems that some of the notification laws that we have in place actually are a little bit more inclusive than what is available in Europe or parts of Asia. There have been a number of occasions of late and it's been notified only because it's actually got out. So it became public and then it was notified, which is a bit of a sort of chicken and egg situation. But again, in the US, you've had things like the SB 381386, which has been a real, real good piece of legislation. And that's the kind of material we need in the UK or in Europe to drive it. There is work going in now and there is work going into data protection acts and other areas of uh, governance, but it's not very popular. And when it comes down to it, people just don't want to share their insecurities. So what would you say institutions in other parts of the world could learn from what's being done here in the U.S. to share information and collaborate? I'd say, A, I would certainly look towards the way the U.S. have been operating in a very um, open format for a number of years. It may be painful at the time, but it, it does deserve to serve security. And we would be well advised to be a little bit more transparent in reporting. There's an old feeling in the U.K. that you don't air dirty washing in public, which means if you can cover it up, in some cases, you may wish to do that. And again, I've had first-hand experience of one particular company where they had a breach losing 35,000 bank records on an an encrypted laptop. And the the risk assessment conducted by the director of security was they had no evidence the data had been compromised, therefore they didn't need to report it. Clearly, that is a misdirection. And so when we take a step back and we look at some of these threats that are obviously targeting U.S. financial institutions, how concerned should we be that other industries, as well as international organizations that fall outside banking, how concerned should we be that they might be targeted as well? I believe, again, Tracy, it's more a case of they are not being concerned that they could be. Again, experiences of late have been a very small company being hacked into from foreign climate, shall we say. A small SME with no real global presence. Companies in the gaming industry are suffering uh, attention. So I, I believe we have this across the plethora of industry, be it financial, 
be it government, this is happening today and I believe we really are now starting to see the signs of people waking up to say we do have a real risk and I believe really quoting something from Richard Clark's book um, on cyber war, the genie's out the bottom, it's going to be very difficult to get back in there. And then before we close, John, what advice could you share for international organizations or what might you be able to shed light on when it comes to how we could address some of these cyber threats? I've written on it a number of times, Tracy, and really firm on the fact that we need to lose this attention, this pre-consideration that standards and compliance will deliver security. They deliver compliance. I'd like to see more investment in operational security. And I was just thinking before the call, actually, uh, sometimes in organizations, some of the junior members are a lot more skilled in the things they need to know about, and that is technology, than the senior staff. And I've seen this thing moving away with uh, CISOs and directors of security. They do not know, or I mean, even admit they do not understand technical security. So I believe we need to get back to basics. We need to start to understand what technical operational security really is, and we need to lose this love affair we've been in so long now, standards compliance. John, I want to thank you again for your time today. And thank you, Tracy, and thank you to your listeners. Again, we've just heard from John Walker, a cybersecurity expert and consultant in London. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.